Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. Before investigating the Night Church, Everett wanted more information from Rosemary, and so Doris interrogated her once more. After speaking with Will, Val confronted Doris about putting her son to sleep and threatened to hurt Troy if Doris ever did anything like it again. The coterie arrived at the Night Church to find Sister Kurt outside with a shotgun barring their way. Can Evangeline de escalate the situation without bloodshed? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. You are all in a standoff outside the night church. Val, Doris, and Evangeline, you are on the front steps facing off with Sister Kurt Hamid. Percy is currently slowly jogging circles around the building to see if anyone escapes very proudly. And Everett, you have moved around to the right side of the building because you wanted to check the van that is parked there and then possibly the shed at the back of the property. Sister Kurt Hamid is carrying a shotgun standing in front of the door, refusing to allow any police inside uh, and refusing to lower her weapon. That is where we have left off. Evangeline, I think you were kind of leading this negotiation. Yeah. S- uh, Sister Kurt, if I, if I remove my weapons, take off my badge, can I come in as just a citizen? Yes, I'll allow that. And I I look to Everett, kind of. Everett's around the corner at a van. Oh, shit. Oh, is it just just me? It's you, Val, and Doris are on the steps. Okay. Uh, I'll just kind of of glance back to Val and Doris and just take my gun out, put it down. Basically, all officer stuff comes off. I don't get like naked or anything. It's just you know. <laughs> I, I think that was a that was a leap none of us none have of made us. yet. Well, I was yeah. thinking we're in like, like uniform, and I'm just like I don't okay. like take off my shirt and pants too. Badge, badge and gun is fine. We'll all just assume weapon like the belt Sorry, comes off. Sorry, this is so tense. I'm like it's I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna like I'm gonna the, the like, police utility talk. belt comes off. <laughs> yes, the badge comes off. Uh, Sister Kurt will look to Val and Doris to say, if you do the same thing, you can come inside. But if you need to do any police business, you come back out here and we pick up where we left off. I don't have a gun. <laughs> you look down, you do have stakes. Uh, oh. and, and your general utility <laughs> belt that comes with the uniform. You probably actually do have a gun. You've just never taken it out. It comes with the belt. Yeah, oh, no, I don't even think she carries a gun. You have an empty holster. Yeah, an empty (laughs) holster. Uh, Yeah, no, she'll totally take her utility belt off. Yeah, Val is crossing her arms. Val does not like either of them doing this, but will not protest, but she is not giving up anything. Uh, Doris is going to kind of look up at Val and just say, 
You should take your belt off. Val, you can probably crush people with your bare hands. Can you roll me a... Uh, <laughs> She's whispering say, this, by the way. Oh, I figured. I figured. But it's also Doris. Uh, composure <laughs> and uh, subterfuge. Oh. Oh, my. Okay. Doris is not exactly a master of deception. Yeah. Uh, that's a, uh, two successes and a 10 on my hunger dice. I don't know. doesn't matter unless you have a second 10. So you're fine. It's just two successes. Yep. That's enough that I think you can successfully whisper to somebody. I'll allow that. Okay. You're also a vampire and Val's a vampire. So Kurt's mortal. So if you Mm -hmm. actually do a a legit vampire whisper, Kurt's not going to pick that up. Val, look at Evangeline. You really fucking want me to go in there? Uh, uh, why don't, um, Evangeline is like, she's going in in good faith. Like, she's not going to do police stuff. And there's no fucking way Val's going to do the same. So, uh, honestly, probably better if you keep watch out here. Okay. Val's not moving. Well, you can crush skulls outside then. <laughs> Be safe so, in there. Uh, Sister Kurt is going to look uh, Doris and Evangeline up and down. Uh, Doris, I'm imagining you're wearing a hat. Am I correct? Obviously. What does this hat look like? It has a duck on it. <laughs> Great. Uh, Sister Kurt is going to say, I'm going to need you to leave your hat out here as well. Why? That's one of those once we go inside and you're not police questions. But I like my hat. It's got a duck. Do you not like ducks? It's not really a duck related problem. I just need you to leave your hat out here. <sighs> and she's going to she's going to reluctantly take off her hat and hand the duck hat. It's yellow and pretty too, Val. Oh. Right. Val right. hold this hat. <laughs> Um, all right, then Sister Kurt will turn and open the door uh, and allow Evangeline and Doris to come inside. Once they step inside, Sister Kurt will lock the door uh, behind you. Everett, outside, you have gone <laughs> to check a van. Everyone else is doing a standoff you're not aware of. Yep, my None van business is very important still, so let's really <laughs> dig into this. Let's look for clues, gang. Yeah. So uh, how do you how are you approaching checking this van? What's your strategy here? Um, I think I will draw my weapon just to uh, um, have at the ready in case someone's in there or anything like that. Someone tries to take off in the van or anything like that. But I'd like to check the driver's side first just to make sure nobody's sitting in there and see if I can peer in through the front windows into the back to see if it's empty before going around to the back. Yeah, I'll also say that you have a flashlight on your belt, so if you want to use that as well, that's an option that'll just kind of be... Anything you think a a police officer would have standard, you all have uh, just generally on those belts. Uh, Can you roll me a intelligence and investigation? Yes. I'll also accept wits if you'd prefer that. Sure. Play to your strengths, my friend. Hmm. Just loading up the dice that I can fuck this up with. That's my attitude (laughs) now from now on forever. Uh, three successes. 
Three successes. Uh, you look buddy. through the front. You can see all the way into the back of the van. Uh, nothing's blacked out. There's no security measures. You actually check the driver's side door and it's unlocked. Like you could just open the door uh, and look in. The back has some seats that have been kind of improvised and bolted down. You get the feeling this is used to go pick up congregants who don't have their own vehicles to come to church. Uh, I check the glove box. Glove box? Just the ownership. It's under Sister Kurt Hamid's name uh, and insured alongside the church. And now that I'm inside, just one more check with the flashlight kind of in, in the back of the van. It's just, I guess it's just rows of seats for yeah, congregants. Yeah, just rows of seats uh, bolted down. Uh, and you can see that they've got like steel supports to them. Okay. If, yeah, if you look closely, and you would, you got three successes in your Everett, uh, you can see scratch marks against the poles that are bolting them into the ground. If somebody was to, let's say, use handcuffs to handcuff someone to something, it would leave those kinds of marks, or it could leave those kinds of marks. Got it. Okay, good to know. Okay. You only had three, so I can't give you anything more than that. That's understandable. That corroborates that this is likely the van in case there's more than one or anything like that. Um, I'll, uh, I'll hop down from the driver's seat back onto the back outside um, and uh, head for the shed. Okie dokie. So you're heading for the shed. Val, you've been left yep. outside. What is your strategy here standing <laughs> on the porch? Val will grab everybody's weapons and hold Doris's hat and radio the sheriff. Sheriff, we got a fucking problem. Where are you? I'm heading to the shed. What's going on? The Clark and Doris went in without their fucking weapons. I don't know what the fuck is going on. She's walking Why? towards the shed quickly. <laughs> they they want to fucking... I don't want to talk to these fuckers. I... <laughs> Why can't they have their equipment to talk? The sister came out with a fucking shotgun. I don't know what's in there. Oh, hell. All right, come around the back. Val will go meet him. <laughs> Great. So you two are meeting up. Inside, uh, Sister Kurt Hamid, uh, you are inside the central portion of the night church. It is what you would picture from a traditional small town but well-made Catholic church only. The stained glass windows have been replaced. All of the traditional Catholic iconography has been removed and traded with icons of every faith imaginable. Also some statues made by kids. Also stuff clearly made by uh, members of the kindred. Every faith is welcome here. There's no faith that's excluded. You can see a little statue to Satan in the corner. Like, it's all cool <laughs> up in here uh, for people to kind of find themselves in this new church of the night. And Sister Kurt just walks you up to where the altar is. So through the lines of pews uh, and then stops and looks at each of you. And she's like, all right, so I'm going to introduce you to some people. But there's some ground rules for their safety and yours. Uh, you can't swear. You can't wear hats. Are either of you wearing anything that's blue? And she just starts looking over your outfits. I kind of look at myself, check the undershirt. No, no. Does my eye count? I think we can get away with that one. It tends to be clothing. Uh, okay, don't touch anything. You can't write anything down. Do either of you have a phone? <laughs> um... No, my she phone was that. on my police belt. I'm okay, perfect. That's good. Uh, do you both have all your fingers? Yes. Yes. Okay, perfect. Uh, are either of you wearing cologne or perfume? 
Doris sniffs herself. Not today. Uh, I mean, just my eucalyptus mint deodorant. Is that okay? Is that okay? All right, you're you're gonna. I just okay. So you're gonna have to go wash that off in, in the washroom. So go go do that. Uh, 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 okay. Pinson awkwardly goes to the washroom. Yep, yeah, and outside, Kurt's just like. So how's your night been, uh, Officer Barbara? Strange. Yeah, I hear that too. Uh, she's standing there holding a shotgun, but now it's really awkward. Outside, <laughs> she was like ready to throw down, and now she's just a woman who clearly does not want to hold weapons that is holding one. You can put the gun down if you like. Ah, that'd be good, but I don't entirely trust your friends out front, is the challenge. Ah. Uh, Officer Val seems like the kind of person who we might say is ethically flexible. Well, I think we'll find that we're all ethically flexible when the, the time comes to it. Every rule can be bent, can't it? Every mind can be swayed. I feel like those are two different discussions. One is every rule being bent, some of which I don't agree with. The other is all minds being swayed, which I generally do agree with. I feel like you should come by here more often. We may be able to find value in talking with each other. I don't like religion, unless it has to do with cats and cards. Well, if you look over there, you can <laughs> see we do have a certain amount of cat faith. Uh, and you look over and you can actually see a drawing that has Jiro's signature on it. Uh, there are collections of uh, Mr. Kitty, just images of, of him <laughs> on the wall in a little shrine. Hmm. I'm afraid that I've dealt with enough religion in my life, but I appreciate the offer. Ah, if you ever enough, want it's... a reading, please come by my attic. Oh, well, then I'll have to do that. If that's your faith, I'm interested. Uh, and then eventually you return. She's like, okay, uh, neither of you can ever refer to the monarchy in any way. No references to princes, princess, kings, prinks, none of that. Uh, don't use last names. And uh, are your shoes tied? Yes. Could you just do me a favor and, and double knot them just, just for my sanity? I'm like, does Doris want Velcro okay. shoes? No, she doesn't. That's does she? Much. It's up no. to Doris. No, I feel like she wears those cool, like, laced up old timey boots. Yeah, they're double laced. Great. Okay, no uh, swearing, no references to the monarchy, no last names. Yep, don't touch anything, no writing anything down. Don't touch anything. Okay, well. She takes out like a notepad from her pocket and just puts it down. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, come with me. Uh, and she goes and just pushes the altar and it slides aside on the floor. And there are stairs that lead down into a basement. She says, this was here in the original church in case there was any sort of crisis, kind of a bit of medieval thinking, but sometimes it pays off. And she walks you down the stairs and you can see the basement's already lit. And as you end up in the basement, you can see... 11 thrown together beds. It's clear these are all bought on clearance. They've been put in place. Mm. Some of them seem to have been custom built in the space. It's not really an elaborate setup, but there are lights that have been strung up on the walls. There are tables and you see 11 vampires that are all in their own clothes, but on extended chains to each of these individual beds. Some of them are playing games. They're chatting. They seem to be quiet and they all just look over as you come down into the basement and kind of freeze in place. And Sister Kurt turns to you and says, these are the Malkavian refugees. Greetings. 
Greetings, children of the night. It is I, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. I used to host the blood and syrup, but now I spend all of my time in the Dum Dums and Dragons Patreon. Yes, for just the cost of one dollar, one, ah, ah, ah. You can join the Patreon, get into the Discord, and talk to other fans about everything that's happening in your favorite shows. Alternatively, at higher levels, you can get ad-free feeds. You can add names and locations to the shows, or at the $25 level, you can even create your own NPC of darkness, or light, or whatever various lighting solution you want. You create your character, and they appear in one of our shows, causing all forms of shenanigans, and your name ends up in the credits. It's a pretty sweet deal. In any case, join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, ah, ah. Spooky. Meanwhile, outside, Everett and Val, you have met up now at the side of the building, and Everett, you've been caught up on the standoff, them agreeing to go in, not as officers, all that. What are you two doing? What are you saying? What's happening now? Um, if I've been caught up, Everett would have asked if um, Evangeline and Doris had their radios with them still. Val would hold up belts with radios and f- and phones okay. on them. Super, pagers. Okay. They have nothing. Just want to make sure the radios stayed yeah. with the rest of the equipment because mm-hmm. you and I talked about going in through the back. That's over the only the radio. reason. <laughs> that's the only reason Val did because she wasn't going to radio Everett while they were all standing there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Everett would be basically uh, getting ready to try and sneak in through the back with with Val's help. Um, Saying things like, uh, all right, we're going to try and do this quiet. I'm assuming if Evangeline agreed to go in without her equipment, she's looking to talk to them. I don't want to spoil that if it's going to work, but I don't feel good about having officers disarmed on the whims of any old citizen. That's how I felt too, okay? So we're going to sneak in, try not to be violent, see if... Officer Clark can handle this on her own, but we'll be there for backup if if need be. You understand? I understand, Sheriff Fry. All right. And I'm going to try the back door handle. If there is a back door. I'm there assuming is a, there is. There but. is a back door. It's, it's a big building. It's got a small rectory next to it where uh, Sister Kurt lives. That's where the back door leads into. There's not a back door into the church proper, but there is a back door into the rectory. It is locked when you try the handle. Locked. Officer Miller, can you handle this? I'll give it a shot. I'll try to gently pick this lock first. Great. Uh, that would be, I would accept wits, I would accept composure, or I would accept dexterity, and it would be larceny. All right. The best I'll word do. for criminal skill that <laughs> most people would not be aware of. Yeah. I love it. All right. I'm going to do composure and larceny. Try try to be gentle with this. Mm. Don't worry. <laughs> Just two successes. Two successes is enough to pick this lock. This is not a a terribly fancy door. Uh, You pick the lock, it gives, you try the door, and it doesn't budge. Huh. Maybe they barricaded it or something? (laughs) All right, then that's a no-go. Let's see if we can spot a window that'd work. 
Is there is there a window that is looks like it would be big enough to climb through and that we can try to open from the outside? Yeah, the rectory has uh, two first floor windows on the side that you can try. They are, as you check check them, both locked. Uh, and they don't have exterior locks because they're not doors. So yeah. you could break looking, a window to go in. But yeah, looking in, um, what do we see through the window? It's just a living room decorated in a 1970s style and then a small kitchen. Clearly, uh, this rectory was added later. The The first part of the church is all stone-based and very fancy. The rectory was built probably in the 70s, you'd guess, or 60s, and then just hasn't been updated since because it'd be weird for the church to be investing a lot of money in, like, interior design. I mean, the church right. is very much capable of that, but I hate it, so we're not doing that. <laughs> this is the church where they, they take the bounce of poverty seriously. Uh, Everett will take off his uh, his coat and uh, wrap it around his fist to try to muffle the sound of him punching punching the window. Okay. We're going to prep a dice, but we'll come back to that. So, downstairs in the basement, Sister Kurt explains. One of the challenges with the the war in, in Calgary is that there's no safe place for vampires. And here in New Haven, there's no safe place for Malkavians whose mental illness forces them to frenzy at things that would be part of normal society. Which means for the Malkavians who are at the highest risk from a curse that they did not choose, just a disease that they suffer from, their option is to stay out, break the masquerade and die, or come here, fail to blend in or be accepted and be executed by the sheriff. These are 11 Malkavians, all of them caused to frenzy by the things that I told you that all seem reasonable and would be unavoidable in daily life in New Haven. If they don't stay here, they're sentenced to death. If they stay here, the sheriff will kill them. I don't know what you want me to do, but Rosemary Bellevue told me about what was going on and I agreed to help protect them. Right. Do we know about a Malkavian curse? Is this something that I... Yes, you would be aware of this uh, generally. So every clan has its own bane. So, for example, Ventru can only feed off of certain kinds of people. Gangrel turn partially into animals when they frenzy. Malkavians have a form of madness that overcomes each of them individually uh, when they are turned into Malkavians, which is why they're generally considered one of the more unpredictable clans. Um, they, again, would have a big interest in joining New Haven because Malkavians, who's, uh, who's j- basically it's usually they have something that triggers them to frenzy is kind of the mechanical version of it. Okay. There are a bunch of ways it can be played. Okay. Um, so for them to be able to function in a society without having to worry about their trigger setting them off, blowing the masquerade, leading to execution right. is a big okay. deal. But there are going to be certain Malkavians because they don't choose the same way Venture don't choose what they can eat. They don't choose uh, the quote-unquote madness that overcomes them, uh, but really it's just a a mental illness that comes with the blood. Okay. So for some of them, it could be like, oh, open open Mm -hmm. flame triggers them. uh, But as you've heard from this list, for some of them, it's like they see the color blue. Frenzy, kill a bunch of people until they feel safe. Uh, Hear swearing, hearing a reference to a prince or a princess, which is pretty much unavoidable in New Haven. Mm -hmm. Also, it's Canada. The fucking currency (laughs) has monarchy on it. Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And Um, some of it's blue. mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She's going to look at the reverend? Uh, 
She just goes by. She's she's used Sister Kurt. You've probably okay. heard Evangeline reference once or twice, but Doris has, has such a historical experience of religion that I don't think there's a wrong term. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> then she's going to say, uh, Bishop, um, <laughs> uh, you do realize that if you keep up what you're doing, there won't be a new haven for these people to stay in. Well, that's, hang on, hang on, Doris. That's not, that's not necessarily true, right? Is it not? I mean, I feel I'm, like sure, the, I'm sure we can, I'm sure there's, there's. I feel like there's more going on here than me just having the refugees in the basement. All I know was I got the sign from Rosemary Bellevue that she was getting raided and I got them out and brought them here so that they'd stay safe and not be murdered uh, by the I vampire see. police. They're part of a larger operation that you're not aware of. Well, what operation would that be? Why don't we, uh, can we go out and talk upstairs? I'm just, I, do, I don't want to, um... Sure, sure, everyone, we're gonna go... say we're, something. We're gonna go upstairs. You're all fine, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Uh, nice to meet you. Evangeline kind of waves... They way back. They also oh, honestly, it seems like you just walked into like a social club, yeah. and then you're exiting. Like there's no fear or anything you see on any of their faces. They're just like, oh okay, <laughs> off you go. You go back up. She slides the altar back into place. So so um, with all these new refugees coming in, members of the pyramid coming in, um. We've kind of got a, a bit of a a blood shortage going on. And um how long how long have these refugees been been here? Oh since since the the founding of New Haven. Yeah, been... okay, that's that's why. See So that's that's what all the extra blood has been for. When you say extra blood, I mean I know there was an operation to collect a small amount of blood to be able to feed these vampires that we don't break the New Haven rules or risk anyone's life. Yes, the problem is that the people who have been donating the extra blood have also been coming in for their regular donations, been passing out, unable to give. It's um, created a bit of a rather serious situation. But there's supposed, to be, there's supposed to be a buffer of... Several dozen vampires worth of blood in the city. Yeah, we just have a more than a than a, a few dozen extras, and we can't that account have been for here blood. for a while now, as we're learning. We can't account for blood if we don't know who it's going to, and if they don't know they exist. All right. Well, there are eleven more here. You're in charge of the city. Find the blood. Well, I think we should talk to Everett now, Evangeline. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Everett, can you roll me for your window breaking? Uh, I would take a wits or a composure. Uh, and then I'm going to say uh, larceny, because I think this is your skill of breaking a window without making noise, as opposed to a straight stealth. Okay. Least amount of dice I've rolled in a while. Most successes I've had in a while. Yay! <laughs> uh, three successes. 
Sorry, four. Excuse me, four. Yeah, you 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 break the window. There is nothing heard audibly from inside the church, so the window is broken. You and Val can both climb in. There's no need to roll for that. Uh, what's your plan once you're inside? Getting to the church. It was just a. It just wanted to get a back way into the church. I don't mm-hmm. particularly care about this person's home right now. I want to make sure Evangeline and Doris are safe. Great. Then can you and Val both roll me for, for dexterity and stealth? Where can I find stealth? Sorry. It's on the left. The left one? Underneath larceny. Oh, I see it now. Thank you. I got two successes. <laughs> one success. Uh, you both make your way towards the church. And at the last second, uh, who rolled one? Was it you, Everett? Or yeah. Val? Yeah, Everett. Yeah, you stumble just as you're coming around uh, to where the church is. And Sister Kurt, who's just said, find the blood, uh, hears you uh, and brings a shotgun up to aim at the door and just says, no, police are welcome. That was against our, our fucking deal. Yeah, uh, Everett. Everett, Val. Everett, Val, stay back. It, it's 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 fine. It's actually everything's fine, but you have to know the rules. So just please don't talk. We we have to. Can, can you? We're coming out to you. Yeah. Everett will put a finger to his mouth to Val and like a hand to like a calming, lowering kind of <laughs> gesture, and and we'll just wait. Yeah. And then Kurt will look to Evangeline and say, "They're downstairs and it's soundproof." Once the the altar shut, so that's why it was okay that I swore. Okay. Nobody's going to frenzy down there. We try to keep them as safe as possible. It was just if you're going to meet them as you did, yeah. oh, okay, okay, you gotta follow good. the rules. Uh, I don't like that they broke the negotiation and broke into my my house terribly much. It's uh, let's say losing faith in the promises of this department. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, so is what's your what's your plan? As a person, I mean, if it's if it's up to me, I mean, they they get to stay. We can't just like throw them to the wolves, as it were. Agreed. So who's it up to? Ultimately, it's up to the sheriff. Well, then I'm going to challenge you to make it up to you. Because right now, there are 11 lives in your hands. And if you can convince him to save them, then you've saved 11 people. And if you can't, and you don't do everything you can to stop what he plans to do, you're part of ending them. I, I know. This is why I, I know. Like I know. I, I'm going to try. I'm, I'm really going to try. Okay. I believe in you. I have faith. Good luck. Angeline's she rests a hand like, on your shoulder. Even, like, and... even with no faith, you get a fucking guilt trip from a priest. I was going to say, <laughs> just <laughs> Doris looks up as she walks out and just says, you're rather judgmental for a father, and then just kind of sails <laughs> out the door. And you're rather critical for an aged murderer. I think the two come hand in hand. Goodbye. All right. Uh, are you going into, are you going out the front door or are you going into her rectory? Going into the, her rectory where they are. Okay. She says, she she still says that. 
Oh, yeah, that's fine. I wasn't going to retro that moment. That happens no matter what. I just want to be mm. clear on where you're going. So you enter the rectory. Uh, it's a small hallway that is between the church proper and the rectory. You could continue back into the living room or you could stay where you are. It's it's up to you guys. I think we should go outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great. Yeah, so everyone will show, <laughs> show everything to the... <laughs> The busted, well, well, hold on. What is the back door situation on this side of the home? The back door has a collection of two by fours that have been nailed into the wall, pinning it shut. Okay, yeah. so then Everett will just hop out the window. Yeah, let's just all. We, oh, we yeah. Evangeline will follow. We got to pay for this. That's fine. Well, it's not fine right now. <laughs> I don't care about that. <laughs> what is going on? Okay. And Evangeline explains the situation. Um, yeah, uh, there have been 11 Malkavian refugees from Calgary hidden here basically since New Haven began. Why does it have to be a secret? Why couldn't, with all this business being out in the open, why couldn't there have just been Malkavian uh, uh, homes or something like that for people with special requirements. So why, why, why stop at a half measure of oh yeah, vampires are real and they're going to coexist with humans except for these specific ones? Why? Well, I mean they have very very specific requirements and it's really well, hard. So to- do I. I. I don't understand. Yeah, but like you don't frenzy when you see the color blue. I frenzy when I don't get enough to eat, and what I eat is particularly uh, outside of New Haven, let's say, or even in New Haven. So just to contextualize this for the other three of you who are here through the establishment of New Haven, A, Everett's proclivities, uh, which I think everyone is aware of at this point, uh, would have precluded him from being accepted into New Haven if he had Mm. been here at the selection point. Um, there were a lot mm. of negotiations for Cleopatra with the other royalty and monarchs throughout the Camarilla to get permission to run this town. And one of the big ones is that everybody who was a vampire, there's always a running risk of frenzy, but that's an accepted masquerade risk. But for Malkavians, who it's like, if there's somebody who goes out who you can't control or you can't guarantee in the best way possible as a vampire would keep the citizenry safe, the big fear was, oh, one Malkavian who is at this kind of more higher risk level gets out, has a frenzy, and then the citizens turn or reveal. This is one of those weird problems of there are 14,000 mortals here, and even 100 vampires can't catch all the 14,000 mortals if they decide to throw down. So there was a big security precaution, and it was really strict on what was acceptable and what wasn't. And Sheriff Cross was the enforcer, and Sheriff Cross was coming in from the Camarilla city with Cleopatra's backing, which meant when people tried to come in, especially in the first few weeks until they set up a system to allow them, he was executing people because they could not allow random vampires Mm -hmm. to just move into New Haven and go about business however they wanted. Then as things got worse in Calgary, he came up with a way to allow people in as long as they passed the requirements, but he was not going to let them risk the experiment. That's the okay. context that you would all know. That so Everett Evangeline does not. would know that and would yes. relay that in her own words. Um, so, so you see, when they they had to go somewhere, well, you know, the old sheriff was still in charge, and and we didn't have rules. Like, 
I kind of, I get it. I mean, they're persecuted at like the best of times, not, you know, not to mention somewhere where we're like coexisting with humans and there's just like extra threat and tension all the time. And so this is, this is the solution as far as uh, Sister Kurt is concerned. This is the forever solution to 11 Malkavians. Is that, am I correct in understanding that? Or is this a transitionary stage? I mean, it's kind of the only way they've been able, or the only way that they've seen that they've been able to survive. Then why don't we just legitimize it? Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay. There's a big problem, though. The blood. The blood. The fact that officers of New Haven were held at gunpoint and told to remove their weapons and equipment. Hang Indeed. on, we weren't held at gunpoint. We, we were. Wait, I heard yeah, she like walked out on the front steps with a shotgun. Yeah, but, like, it, 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 you know, it's not like we were hostages or something. No, you were just kept from operating in your official capacity as an officer of New Haven. Evangeline, can you roll me a an intelligence uh, and I would accept a, a where, a, intelligence and awareness feels right. It feels like the right spread of both, okay. both things I'm looking for. Uh, 3 successes. Yeah, your book's smart enough to think of this. Uh, threatening you with a shotgun is not breaching Camarilla law. Ah, yes. Um, but this is also because you are smart enough. And this is your third success. Camarilla Law also says you kill these 11 Malkavians. So this is a fine line on where you want to lean into. We're the Camarilla versus I think yeah. we should have a charter of mortal rights because it's a different system. Yeah. But just flag in general. I would say no one, no other citizens are aware that this event happened. Sister Kurt was desperate. We were reasonable and everything was fine. Honestly, like, we give her a talking to. But, like, I don't think there's a reason that this has to get nasty. Officer Clark, this is not how I would have done things. I know. But that might be why no one's dead right now, so... Evangeline kind of puts her arms out like you think. (laughs) She doesn't say that, you think, but... (laughs) Yeah, she better not. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right, you think we can have a conversation with Sister Kurt then? Or... Yeah, absolutely. It's coming in through the back door there to try and help you out of that spoil. The negotiations. I think we're fine. All right. I think, I think we're okay. I mean, look, it's Val, a little bit tense me, now. Uh, Val, can you roll me a wits and awareness? Mm-hmm. Three successes. Uh, you hear a creak outside the door uh, into the church proper. Uh, and Val, you're aware that Sister Kurt has been listening to this whole conversation through the door. Val, I'll just turn around. All right, so what do you fucking think if you're going to stand there and listen? Evangeline goes and opens the door. (laughs) Sister Kurt is just standing there blushing so hard. Just, 
I mean, I'm happy to negotiate, I guess. Uh, how do we keep the Malkavian safe in, in the city? I don't have a problem with you carrying on doing what you're doing as long as it keeps everyone else safe. Them Malkavians are happy. I mean, maybe we can get them, like, a proper, like, house. That's going to take money. I mean, you, we could just put them back in the B positive therapy. They had a nice setup. They were all pleased with where they were. They were pretty happy. We just moved them because we thought you were going to murder everyone. That place can't be allowed to operate continually. It's taking too much blood. Well, I mean, if it's going to be legitimized and then have access to the blood bank, it doesn't need to operate in the blood thieving. They're, they're legitimate then. So someone else is going to run B positive. But I mean, it would just be back to being a therapy center. I'm assuming you're not going to punish Rosemary Bellevue for doing the exact same thing I'm doing. Oh, she's going to just look up at Everett with wide eyes. Yeah, I'm thinking this over. Things are different now than than how they were with her. Yeah, this explains, you know, that it's charity, but where the fuck is all the money and shit coming from? Is this the church's money running this operation? Oh, I, I the church doesn't have any money. We're, we're on the universal basic income. It's a vow of poverty. I don't have money. We don't need donations. The church just operates. I, I don't know anything about the business side of things. Mm-hmm. I just knew about the refugees. Rosemary Bellevue's making quite a, a killing. But I don't understand where it's coming from. She was giving the money out to buy blood. It's not coming from the church. Well, it's not coming from Rosemary, so there's got to be some other place to go. Uh, I will say, if you convince her that you're actually going to let these people stay, she'll probably answer any questions you have. But if, if she was resisting, it's solely, again, like I did with the shotgun, to protect the refugees. Oh, God, please tell me you didn't do bad things to her. I'm I'm curious. uh, Why do y'all care about these 11 refugees? Evangeline just kind of turns wide-eyed to Everett. Because they're people, and all living beings have value. That's all I wanted to hear. A lot of people have a lot of strange reasons for doing a lot of strange things in this town. Didn't want to make an assumption. I can appreciate that. But yeah, no, there's no sort of weird, I don't want to stereotype a species, but vampirish obsession with debts owed or some sort of weird power or anything like that. It's just looking after people. All right. Would you be all right coming down to the station then? Helping us chat with... uh... Miss Bellevue? Yes, yes, I can absolutely do that. I'll call someone to make sure that they're, you know, supervising the church and seeing what's going on. I've got a couple of deacons. Uh, so Sister Kurt makes makes a quick call to get somebody to come and look after the place, uh, and then she will ride with you. Okay. Which vehicle do you want to put her in? Is she in the front or the back? I don't know what your your setup is here. I, I'd like... To, I, I would like her to be in the back, so she'll just hang out with Percy in the back of my car. Yeah, Great. I wouldn't want to separate her from Evangeline, the person she has are very easily, arguably, <laughs> the strongest bond with. <laughs> Great. So, Evangeline uh, Everett, I'm imagining you're riding in that car again as standard. Sure, yeah. Great. Sister's in the back. 
Percy's also just hanging out in the back of the squad car, which is a good way to get rid of the we talked you into coming peacefully and then locked you in the back of a squad car feeling because Percy's pretty delightful. <laughs> Doris, back in the trunk. Yeah. Uh, and Val. So on the drive <laughs> on the drive back to the station, it's not a super long drive. Would there be anything you'd want to ask about or anything you'd want to discuss with Sister Kurt, Everett, or Evangeline? Everett would want to set the expectation of Rosemary Bellevue being uh, less than forthcoming with information and us under the impression that um, something heinous or untoward was happening um, flexed on her. Um, and that's why we're bringing, that's why we're bringing her uh, uh, sister Kurt in with us to kind of smooth things over. All right. Uh, in future, Sheriff, I, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but if you have peaceful conversations with people, they might engage with you differently than if you immediately move to I'm the vampire sheriff threats uh, and worse. Because that may be what's affecting your relationship with the town. Well, you might be right. Okay, that pretty much sums up the combo in that car. Uh, Doris and Val, <laughs> is there anything you want to discuss in your vehicle? There have been a lot of revelations in this, and I don't think necessarily either of you would anticipate we have a blood shortage. Yeah, these vampires are cool. We'll keep them. Um, you have access to each other, and Kurt can't hear. So would there be a conversation in your car or not? Man, yeah, Val would be pretty quiet because this is just a lot of thinking for her. Because of, yeah, the way that Sheriff Cross did things would be eliminate that threat. There's no reason to have those people who are that dangerous threatening the lives of all the rest of the people in the town. But yeah, it's not her call now. So, yeah, um, I think Doris would tend to agree. And so I think like halfway through the drive home, you just hear bad yeah, Doris. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I have no fucking idea what you're thinking, Doris. <laughs> okay. What are you thinking, <laughs> Doris? That this is all a very bad situation for the town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to fucking work. Seems like it'll just bite us in the ass later, but what can we do? All right. Just wanted to check. All right. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme songs are what's really going on right now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. 
When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.